Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Pat Butler at the board. And I got to tell you, Matt, I'm a little nervous. Uh, our next guest is a guy that I think the world of, and and he might laugh when he hears this, but I am more self-conscious about how how this goes than what I think any guest we've we've ever had on this show or, or any guest I've ever had on the radio in my 30 plus year career. Our next guest uh, started his career uh, in the room with with me and and my host Bob Rivers, uh, but he was doing his 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 game his his business long before that. But we were kind of his introduction into radio. Um, it's comedian Craig Gass who joins us now live from I believe. Are you in New York City? Yes, I just got in here yesterday. Well, welcome to Cairo Nights, my friend. Dude, I, I uh, it's so funny to hear you make that introduction because um, there's so many me- memories that come rushing back to me when I think of you. And off the top is <clears throat> coming to you guys with this idea and saying, uh, hey, uh, I, I came up with a song parody idea and uh, I was really proud of it. I just thought, man, this is this is a home run. And I pitched it to Spike first before I went to Bob and I said, uh Hey, you think this is funny? And Spike goes, "Oh my God, yes! Like, like we can go uh, in this direction, or, or we can go in this direction. How about if we did this way? You know, if, or we can go backwards, and we can go like this, or we can do it like this." <laughs> and Spike made it. Every idea was ten times funnier than my idea, and I, I don't know why, but I felt like the disgruntled little brother who could never make it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't want to play anymore. And I just, <laughs> Like, yeah, it's, um, I've been doing stand-up comedy this year. It'll be 30 years. I've been doing stand-up comedy. Wow. I've worked with everybody from Chappelle, Chris Rock, uh, George, George Carlin, everybody. I've never met anyone quicker to this day, more impressively faster with a thought than Spike. So for you to even say that is, uh. Um, is beyond flattering to me. In fact, as soon as you started talking, I haven't thought about this in years. I do radio interviews all over the world. I haven't thought of this thought. I was like, I hope I can get a copy of this. <laughs> of, this of this segment? <laughs> well, yeah, well, the segment that we're doing right now. For those of you yeah. who don't know, Craig Gass has not just been a, a professional touring comedian for 30 years. He's an accomplished actor. He's done work on uh, Sex in the City, a family guy, American dad, king of queens, so much more. Uh, I know you spent quite a bit of time uh, working as part of Howard Stern's show. Are you still working with Howard now? Yeah, the weirdest thing happened. I, I rejoined the Howard Stern show for the first time in 20 years uh, last year, and um, I'm actually going to be uh, part of the show. He wants me to sit in on the entire show for a full week at the end of March which for Howard, a full week is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Ah. I'm gonna do, yeah, I'm gonna do a, I'm gonna do a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with him in March. After I get back from Australia, I'm going to Australia for a few weeks, and then, um, and then I'm doing Howard for a full week. So uh, I heard this that you're going to tour Australia. You're doing an arena tour with Russell Peters. Yeah, my first arena tour ever. I've done arena shows over the years that are usually one-offs I've done, I've opened for system of a down in an arena. I opened for Motley Crue in an arena, but I've never done an arena tour. I did do a tour with Allison chains as their opening act. 
and that was all uh, theaters. They were like two to five thousand seat theaters with Alice in Chains. But this is my first arena tour, and we're going across Australia and New Zealand, opening for Russell Peters, which, by the way, uh, makes up for a big regret uh, that I had. Um, Ten years ago, Russell Peters walked up to me at the Laugh Factory in Hollywood and said, do you ever perform internationally? And I said, I uh, I don't, I don't. And he said, dude, your impressions would kill around the world because everybody around the world worships the same Hollywood culture that we worship here in America. And I said, you know what, Russell? It's funny you say that. I was going to ask you when I saw that you were going to be here tonight, I was going to say, if you ever wanted an opener for any international dates, I would love to join you. And he said, would you like to open up for me in India? And I said, what else you got? Oh, dude. (laughs) This was 10 years ago? Yeah. I was so scared of India um, because of Russell himself makes a joke about India about how rough it can be, that I was scared to go to India, and I never got offered anything. I ran into Russell a few months ago in Las Vegas, where I live now, and and I said, um, I don't know if you remember, but 10 years ago, you said I should do international shows. And he goes, yeah, and do you do international shows? And I said, "Uh, no, not really. And he said, would you like to open up for me in Australia? And I said, "Uh, sure. Yeah, you you learned your lesson. Good for you. And he just... And that was it. And he said, hey, he started yelling out at everybody in the hallway. And he said, hey, Craig's opening up the Australian tour. All right, cool. And so, that was it. And now I'm, I'm leaving uh, in a few days. We're going to uh, uh, hit some arenas that I've gone to to see concerts. And I'm, I'm going to be in those same arenas performing now. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we're, we're talking arena shows is what, 10, 15,000 people or more? Yeah, yeah, uh, up to 20, yep. So when, when you do an arena show as a comedian, open for a comedian, you know what kind of crowd you're going to get. These are the crowd that came yeah. to laugh and be entertained and be transported. When you open for System of a Down or Alice in Chains or any of the other, or, or crew, or any of the other massive rock bands that are fans of yours, that's how you got yeah. the gig as their opener. What? How different is it to try, or is it different at all, to work a rock crowd as opposed to a comedy crowd? I'm glad you even picked up on that because you're 100% correct. It is the worst gig you can possibly do. But you get to stand and next to the stage afterwards, so you're, it's fair compensation, right? Right. That's so funny that you say that. That is the reason why I do it, because I want to feel like I'm one of the guys. And I, the first band I ever opened for um, that was like a big band was Metallica. And I came up with something right before I walked on stage out of fear. I've actually heard a few comedians say this, that fear has motivated them to come up with material. You know what? Back in the day, I remember I would have very thin premises with you and Bob on a, on a call. And out of fear, a minute before I came on the air with you guys, I would, I would think of a thought that Bob would pick up on as – and that's where we end it right there. And, and it literally just summoned uh, out of fear. But so I, I go to open for Metallica and then I, I'm about to walk on stage and it dawns on me that everyone here is on Coke. Like, why am I doing this? This makes no sense at all. And I came up with an idea that I've repeated over and over again. And it's not the bravest thing in the world, but I've come up with an angle, which is 
I lie to everybody. I walk out on stage. There's a video of me doing this on YouTube, opening for Motley Crue. I walk out on stage, and I say, good evening. My name is Craig Gass, and I am Motley Crue's town man. (sighs) The band has some very important announcements that they asked me to make. Everything I say is alive, but really cool. It sounds amazing <laughs> what I'm saying. You may have heard some rumors, and it's true. Motley Crue is recording our first ever live album right here tonight. <sighs> so I need your attention. I need your attention. There is a proper way to yell on a live album, so we need to rehearse this. Oh and they God. follow Every stupid instruction I give them from that point out, and every instruction is followed by a few jokes, Yeah, and the crowd is laughing, and they're listening because they think that I'm actually someone close to the band. Well, that is a genius approach to opening for a rock crowd because their their dream is to listen to the live album in five years and say, I'm in that crowd, man. Yeah. And you get, you oh, yeah. have them. That is such a great idea. Yeah, yeah. They're, the only time it ever came back to bite me a little bit is when I did those shows with Alice in Chains. We were in Austin, Texas, when their uh, security guy, Big Val, came over to my bus and he said, hey, Jerry wants to talk to you. And I said, okay. And I, I went over to the bus and, and Jerry Cantrell said, uh, hey, dude, uh, I need to talk to you. Um First of all, I respect you as a comedian. I respect your craft. I respect your approach. And I'm, I'm totally down with how you're doing this on this tour, saying, hey, I work for the band and blah, blah, blah. But when you say Allison Chains is recording a live album tonight, it just hits me in a certain way because over the years, we had a lot of struggles as a band because of our singer that we would have an album that we would say, we're getting ready to put on an album, and we couldn't. And then, hey, we're going to go on tour, but we couldn't. And so when I, when I look on the message boards and I see everybody saying, hey, when's this new live album coming out that the, uh, that the sound man promised, it's kind of hitting me in a raw spot. And I went, oh, my God. Yeah, okay, yeah, no problem. And I, I made an adjustment. And I still continued to say that I was working for the band so they would listen to me, but I didn't say that we were recording a live album anymore. So that I didn't even think of that angle. No, of, why uh, would you? Of course, that's such a yeah. that's such a trusting thing for him to say to you. You know, yeah. I mean that 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 yeah. does that does speak to the level of respect and admiration he has for you, not just as a performer, but as a friend, a personal friend yeah. of the band. And I, and I know, I mean, I, I got to tell you. Some of the greatest live shows musically in town I've ever been to, you've got better access than anybody in the radio industry because these guys love what you do and, and love yeah. who you are as a person. And, oh, and, man, they're always – yeah. I'm and, sorry to interrupt no, you. No, no, yeah. that's okay, man. I'm just, I'm just giving you a reach around. I want, don't, don't interrupt me when I'm doing that for you. No, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, you, you do have the respect and admiration – of your compatriots, not just in, in comedy, but in rock and roll. And, and the, listen, the reason I had, I wanted to ask you on tonight, uh, we lost Richard Belzer this week and you, and you shared a story on your social media about what Richard Belzer had, uh, something he had done for you. And, and I hope yeah. you wouldn't, I know I'm blindsiding you with this and I know it's a personal thing. I hope you wouldn't mind sharing that story with the audience tonight. Not at all. I, um, have, uh, 
always thought that I would get this moment to, to say this to Richard myself, and I didn't get the chance. Uh, I just figured, you know, comedians, we all travel in the same circle, so I'll, I'll get my opportunity someday. Um, so I just, I just posted about it, which was uh, this amazing gesture that, that Richard did for me. Uh, that he made to me, uh, he came on the Howard Stern show and I was auditioning to be Howard's sidekick. And um, Richard came on and was promoting a roast that he was doing. It was the first ever uh, Friars Club roast that was going to be public. You could actually buy a ticket to it. It was part of the New York Comedy Festival. And uh, on the air, Richard uh, was very flattering and said, I, I want you to be on the roast. And I, I said, I'll be on the roast. And I, I thought he was just doing a radio thing. And afterwards, he gave me all the information. And he said, you know, is, is it okay? I mean, it's like a week from now. Is, is, that, is that enough time for you to write some material? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he, and he put me on the roast. Then on the night of the roast, we had a big formal dinner. And he said, you got to come to the dinner. And then he says, you got to sit at my table. And I sat at his table for dinner, which is when the craziest exchange happens. Um, I'm already excited to be a part of this roast because it's, uh, it's Freddie Roman, uh, all these legendary uh, Friars Club guys, and then Bill Maher, Alan King, um, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, who I can't even tell you what he did at the, at the roast. It is hands down the most obscene joke I've ever heard in my life. Um, but <laughs> shocker in the there. middle of, <laughs> Yeah, it was so what was amazing about it is that Gilbert kept saying one obscene joke after another because he wasn't supposed to perform. He was invited to sit on the dais. And then when he showed up, they said, "Okay, Gilbert, we're putting you on after Christopher Walken. And Gilbert said, but I don't have any jokes. And they go, well, just go and just be funny, which you can't do if we're going to do a roast about Spike. And I'm going to go up to the microphone and it's the roast of Spike. All my jokes have to be about Spike. I can't go up and do a five-minute stand-up routine. We're all here to... Right, to roast. To roast. And and Richard Belter's got some stuff. It, it's, you know, he had one testicle. His wife is kind of a tramp. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of material there. And so Gilbert, they go, ladies and gentlemen, our next... Uh, roaster, you know him as the loudest, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Please welcome Gilbert Gottfried. And as Gilbert is walking to the microphone, you could hear on the mic when he leaned into Richard Belzer and said, I'm sorry. I'll do the best I can. And then he stands up at the microphone and says, just insert the name Richard Belzer wherever you'd like. And he just did five minutes of just really offensive jokes. And nobody was laughing. And then his last joke was so offensive, so over the top, that he got a standing ovation. It was like he broke the spirit of everyone in the theater. <laughs> and um, but yeah, hey, can, can, can you come back? Can you can you hang a couple minutes? I want to ask you about one more one more topic that's near and dear to your heart and my heart. So can, can, can you and I hang? I still want to finish what happened with Belzer. Yeah, yes, we'll, we'll give you the last of the Belzer story. I appreciate it. And I want to talk to you a little bit about Gilbert. And one more thing that's uh, that's near and dear to my heart. It's Craig Gass, uh, comedian, uh, national touring, international touring comedian. Uh, are you coming to town anytime soon in Seattle? 
I'm hoping to do a show there either late this fall or early 2024. But yes, sometime in the next calendar year. Okay, cool. Uh, Craig Gass is with us. Cairo Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We're going to have Craig back after a couple commercials, then we'll do some news. We'll be right back after these. Nights. I'm Spike O'Neill, along with Matt Butler. On the phone with us from New York City is comedian Craig Gass. Craig's got a, uh, a, a rich history of comedy and acting success. And Craig, I hope you don't mind. I, folks asked me on the text line, uh, that first off, you're a loved guest on this show. A lot of people are thrilled that we're having you on. Um, and I was asked to tell how you got the gig, and if, if I may, I think I, think I remember correctly, how you got the gig on... Uh, family Guy, you, if, if I remember correctly, oh, yeah. you, were, you were doing uh, Al Pacino on the Stern Show, and the writers of Family Guy heard you. Is that is that is that That's a true crazy. story? No, the woman went searching for me. Her name is Linda Lamontagne. She um, uh, called me up, <clears throat> said, um, "Hi, Craig. My name's Linda. I'm the casting director for Family Guy, American Dad, and at the time, the Cleveland Show, and." Uh, We'd like to offer you a job. Are you available? I was sitting in a Long John Silver's when she called me. I couldn't (laughs) have been more available in my life. (laughs) And she she said, uh, well, funny story. Um, I was looking for Al Pacino. We need an Al Pacino voice for one segment of one episode of Family Guy. She said, I'm looking for Al Pacino voices. I find you. And I said, well, that's our guy. And then I noticed that people like to string clips together of you doing impressions on YouTube. And she started going through all the impressions. And she called Seth McFarlane, who was in his car in Malibu at the time. And she said, Seth, you got to hear this guy I just found on YouTube. And she started playing him the clips over the phone. And over the phone, Seth MacFarlane said, well, give him a job. Give him a job. Tell him to come work for us. And she said, so are you available? And what's funny is I said, yes, I'm available. And she said, "Um, I know you live in New York. I was living in New York at the time. Um, We can uh, work with you in New York. Or if you want to come to L.A., you'll actually be in the studio with Seth. And I said, yeah, I'll come to L.A. And she goes, okay, does this day work? I said, yeah. And I hung up the phone. (laughs) I told a bunch of comedians. That night, I said, uh, hey, I got a job doing Voices on Family Guy. That's pretty cool, right? And they all went, whoa. And one of them asked, how much are they paying you? And I went, I have no idea. (laughs) I just said yes to everything she said. And I had to call her up the next day and go, hey, Linda, it's Craig Gass. And she goes, are you okay? And I said, I am. I am. This is awkward. Um, uh, We never discussed money. How much am I getting when I get in there? And she goes, oh. Hang on. Uh, hold on. I hear her going through some paperwork, and she goes, Craig Gass, Craig Gass. Craig, you're getting scale plus 10. And I said, okay. So I'm going to be scale plus 10, you're saying. Yeah, scale plus 10. Okay, scale plus. All right, so I'll. it'll be scale plus 10. All right, good. And she goes, do you have any questions? I go, yeah, what's a scale? <laughs> I used to smoke a lot in high school. Yeah, I hear you, brother. I hear you, brother. Uh, yeah, but... 
am I, are you giving me a scale? Or? And she had to explain to me that the union that yeah. I was already a part of had negotiated a deal where you get a minimum amount that is referred sure. to as scale, which at the time was $780 plus 10%, which is $78. So I was going to get $858 for my first recording, which I would have paid them. I know you would have, brother. I know you. I feel the same thing, man. You get a chance to work with the people that you truly admire, doing something you truly love, and you've got to do that for 30 years. You really did chase your dream and never let it go, and I'm so proud that you've done this and that you've accomplished so much in your life. We're talking to Craig Gass. He's about to uh, embark on an international Australia arena tour with Russell Peters. Uh, You'll be back on uh, the Howard Stern Show for what is a Howard week or three days to a human. Uh, that's at the end yeah. of March. And I know you're planning yeah. on trying to come back to Seattle sometime in the fall or early next year, right? Yes. Uh, I'm going to do a, a show up there, and I just need to schedule it. And It's been a few years since I've done a show up there. So, Well, when you do come to town, I hope you'll stop in the studio and play with us again. Um, you're impre- that would be the first and last thing I'd want to do. <laughs> cool. Perfect. Um, now, you were, we were, I called you or I reached out to you for this. Because we lost Richard Belzer, and you were telling a story about Richard Belzer, how he um, extended an invitation to you while you were working on the Stern Show in New York to come and be a part of a Friars Club roast. And then he yeah. invited you to the dinner and to sit at his table at the Friars yeah. Club dinner after or at the dinner after the roast itself. So go on with the story, if you would. Well, in the middle of dinner, uh, Richard goes, Chris, 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 get over here. Chris, come. Chris, do you know Craig Guess? Do you know Craig? Come over here. Come over here. Have you met Craig Gass? I look up. It's Christopher Walken. And he's walking over towards our table. And he looks aggravated. He looks, his body language is very clear. Richard is uh, coming off as a pest to Christopher, which is fine. You know, it's, you know, that's a totally fine scenario. But it turned ugly for me when Chris sat down and Richard goes, Chris, 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 listen, I know a lot of people do an impression of you, but you got to hear Craig's impression. And I went, oh, no, 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 uh, Richard, he doesn't, he doesn't want, he goes, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Chris, you have to hear Craig's impression. Chris, 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 look at me, Chris, Chris, look at me. Okay, now look at Craig. All right, Craig, do your impression. And Christopher Walken threw his utensils down on the table and looked at me and said, go ahead. (laughs) Um, Listen, I don't know if this sounds like you or not, but what I try to do is I try to sound as weird as possible. And every once in a while, I say the word cowbell, pow. And Walken (laughs) stared at me and went, Wow. And then he went back to his food. <laughs> like, oh my God. And then Belzer kept saying, No, wait, wait, wait a minute. Have you ever heard anybody do an Adam Sandler impression? He's making me walk through all these voices. And at one point, he has me doing Sam Kinison at dinner with Christopher Walken. We're at a nice restaurant. And he has me go, hey, I don't know if you remember this guy, but this guy used to do a lot of drugs. Oh, oh. <laughs> And Walken cut me off and said, listen, I get it. You're talented. <laughs> I was like, I'm not doing, he's the one that's pushing me on you. I'm not trying to do this. So, yeah, Christopher Walken, 
hated me. So when I got the news that Belzer passed, I thought, man, I just, I never got a chance to, to be able to say thank you to Richard for giving me that incredible moment. And, uh, and man, I, I think Christopher Walken still hates me to this day because of that moment. But, but for somebody, but yeah. somebody to care enough or uh, recognize your talent enough to put you oh, in yeah. that spot and say, Hey, look, I, I know, yeah, I know you're a trained monkey right now and I'm making you dance for my friends, but you stepped yeah. up and delivered at a moment. Good, good on you, my friend. That's, that's well, an impossible you ask. Yeah. I, uh, and I think you understand this too. There are moments when you're in social situations, someone goes, oh, Spike, oh my God. Okay, Spike, come here, come here. I need you to do, and you just know that in this moment, with this energy in this room, this is not a good fit. You're going to try to make me to do, do something that's not going to fly. It's not going to, and you know, there's yeah. moments. You, yeah. you, just, you just know, hey, can you do some impressions? No, this is a funeral. You don't do, like, you can't, you know what I mean? Like, you, you just, you have moments where you realize this is not going to apply in this situation. But the fact that Belzer, a seasoned comedian, was like, no, you've got to do this. You have to do this. I still got a great story out of it. And, you know, over time, I have found myself gravitating towards situations that are going to be bad because I think I'm going to get a great story out of it. So Perfect. Hey, do you still do the uh, the Kiss Cruise? I just did it a year ago, yes. Now, now I, I, I had the Family Guy story a little wrong. So if I get this one wrong, too, that'll be strike two. And I'll continue to try to play through the game <laughs> till our final. Um, so Craig Gass does the Kiss Cruise. And you are a, a working, you do a stand-up show on the Kiss yep. Cruise. And if anybody doesn't know what the Kiss Cruise is, it was probably the first of the rock and roll cruises, which now are an yep. entire entire industry of, of of classic rock performers. And they gather together in small groups, small herds, and fill the boat with their captive fans. And they cruise yep. and, and have live shows. And it's a phenomenal party. When Kiss brings you on to do the stand-up comedy act on their Kiss cruise, you're asked to do something more, aren't you? Well, I ended up doing something on my own that went really south, really fast, um, which was the idea of the cruise director who I would met my first day on the ship She's really peppy. She's very upbeat. She's the Julia McCoy of the Kiss Cruise. Uh, you might want to Google that. And she, um, <laughs> no, my audience is old. They know who Julia McCoy is. Okay. So she, uh, the first day she meets me and she goes, oh, my God, you're Craig Gass. You're the comedian. You're the guy from the Family Guy. And the, oh, do you want to do a funny announcement on the ship tomorrow morning? And I went, oh, God, yes. Who is going to hear it? Like, if I do an announcement, where does it go? And she said, well, if you want, we can flip a switch, and it'll get piped into every cabin on the ship. And I said, flip that switch. I know exactly what I want to say. And the next morning, I'm assuming this is what you wanted to hear. This is where I got in trouble. Yes, that's what I want the city to hear. Yes. Okay. (laughs) This is, uh, I got in trouble with the entire KISS Army over this. 3,000 of the biggest KISS fans in the world at sea woke up to bing bong. Hey, everybody. This is Paul Stanley, and this is Gene Simmons from KISS, and we have a very important announcement. Do not panic. At this moment, I hear from many of my friends who are on the ship that the fans are looking up at the speakers and smiling until the next sentence came out. We've just hit an iceberg. Now, 
keep in mind, when I said we've hit an iceberg, we're in the middle of the Bahamas when I said that. <laughs> There's no reason for you as an intelligent person to go, this ship's going down. It's going. We're in the Bahamas. But do not panic because KISS is going to take care of everybody. We actually have three packages to get you off the ship. First, we have the platinum package, $5,000. We'll put you in a life raft. You get your own private photo with KISS. Then we have the diamond package. Isn't that right, Paul? That's right, the diamond package. For $10,000, where we'll throw you in the ocean with Tommy and Eric, and KISS will float by on a raft, and we'll do a private acoustic show. Everything I said was stupid, <laughs> but apparently a few of the KISS fans on the boat ran to the employees and said, is KISS really going to charge us to get off the boat? <laughs> they really believed it. Yeah. And, yeah, it was kind of a bummer. Uh, listen, buddy, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to come on with us. Um, you know, we, we've lost so many greats between Richard Belzer and Gilbert Gottfried and Norm MacDonald. We lost Norm MacDonald recently. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. just goes to show you when you have the moment to tell the people that you love how much you appreciate and admire them, you should take it. So I'm, t- I'm saying to you, Craig Gass, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not wishing you any Stephen King-like thinner moment where you're not going to be around much longer. <laughs> I just want you to know how, much I, uh, how proud I am of you, how much I admire what you do, your talent, and your, and your work ethic. And thanks for sharing some of your stories and your life with us here tonight. It's Craig Gass. Uh, we're going to have him on when he comes into town. I promise you we'll do that. Craig, thank you, my friend. Spike, one of the, at the end of the day, making you proud of me is one of the biggest accomplishments I can make in my life. Thank you for saying that. My pleasure, my friend. Be well, safe travels to Australia, and knock them dead, man. Thank you, buddy. You bet. It's Cairo Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill along with Matt Butler. We'll be right back. And my thanks to Craig Gass. Um, I was telling Matt during the break that Craig started as an intern for the Bob Rivers show. That's, that was his first. He was already doing stand-up around town, open mic nights and doing some some paid slots. And um, and he wanted to try and do radio. So he came on the show with us and did various impressions for us and different phone bits like Al Pacino and Sam Kinison. We recorded a song of him doing Sam Kinison. Um, he's just a brilliant impressionist. You know, and there's been a lot of great impressionists, like Frank Caliendo, Rich Little from your parents' era, my era. Um, Craig, when, when Craig does a voice like Al Pacino or Gene Simmons, does a great Gene Simmons impression, he doesn't just, you know, he he's a brilliant stand-up, quick-minded comedian, so he can do impressions and just tell jokes as Al Pacino or Christopher Walken or Adam Sandler. He does a Tracy Morgan better than Tracy Morgan does Tracy Morgan. Um I know what, what Craig got the Family Guy gig. I remember this. I remember seeing his piece on Family Guy. You know how they do the little non sequiturs where Peter's like, "Oh, that's like the time I was," and that's like I went to the the, the Al Pacino's laundromat, right? And he goes into and this Al Pacino is in the laundromat. You're out of order, and you're out of order to the to the machines on that weren't working. Anyway, I, I love Craig Gass. I think the world of him as a person. Um, I hope he won't mind me telling you this. Uh, Craig's impressions, and they are they are world class. When when you know you can run a string string a YouTube series of your impressions together, 
um, and play it for Seth MacFarlane over a phone from Malibu Canyon when he's driving around town and have him hire you on the spot. That you've got skills, big time skills. Oh, uh, yeah. Craig Gass, my dear friend Craig Gass. Uh, and there's something else I want. What's I going to say? I lost. Tra- I lost my train of thought. Oh, the Gene Simmons story, okay, about the Kiss Cruise. The reason Craig got in trouble by telling the people on the Kiss Cruise that they'd hit an iceberg and Kiss would save their lives if they paid is because Gene Simmons, I mean, you all know, if you know anything about Gene Simmons, uh, he has monetized everything from Kiss. And, uh, you know, I'm not knocking him. Gene Simmons is a brilliant businessman, not just a great marketer and a great musician. And Kiss is a great Hall of Fame band. And they've had an incredible storied career. But you can buy anything that's got the KISS logo on it, from toys to lunchboxes to guitars. You can buy a KISS coffin, a serious coffin decorated with the guys from, they've got a Destroyer line, they've got a Love Gun version, and it's marketed and sold by Gene Simmons of KISS. The guy will sell anything. So when Craig says we've hit an iceberg and for $5,000 we will give you your own lifeboat, for $10,000 we will float by doing an acoustic set that is so in with who Gene Simmons is. That's why he got in a little trouble for doing that bit on the Kiss Cruise. But uh, if you're ever on, if you're ever on the, uh, the Kiss Cruise, if you ever get a chance to see Craig Gas live, please don't met, don't pass it up. He's really a fantastic comedian and a dear friend, and I, I do really think the world of him. Uh, someone texted in that they, they appreciate that, appreciate the, the chance to hear Craig, um, and they asked if I was ever going to have Bob's son Andrew on to do some stand-up. So I, I'd like to do that. You know, I got to apologize because of the first six, seven months we were doing this show, Matt Butler kept saying, Spike, we got to, you know, let's get some guests on. Let's get some guests on. I'm like, I'm not ready. I don't know. And it's it's time. Then you've had six months of me co-hosting and you're like, yeah, time That's for It's time for guests. anybody yeah. else but Matt. No, <laughs> now, I think we're finding we're finding our voice and our groove here at Cairo Nights. I appreciate you folks uh, hanging in there with us while we, you know, had the obvious growing pains. Of me figuring out how to be a host, not just a, a tail gunner or a sidekick. Uh, we'll have Andrew Rivers on if he'll join us. I think he will. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have Bob Rivers on. I'm going to talk a little twisted tunes as we move forward uh, throughout the course of this show. And, you know, when Lisa Brooks sits with us, when Frank Summerall comes in, sits with us, Matt Markovich comes in, sits with us, um, it's good to have more voices. It's good to have more opinions. I'm a big believer in everyone's got an opinion that is valid and worth hearing. Some of us are absolute idiots when we speak, present company included. Not every opinion's good or right or correct even, but it's worth hearing. Deserves the time of day. As he said, present company, he was gesturing my direction. I did point at Matt. For the listening could, audience. For you folks that are watching at home, you just saw me point right at him. No, I'm kidding. I appreciate you, buddy. When we come back, the woke crowd has a new, uh, new target. You're not going to believe. You're not going to believe what has conservative America upset this time. It goes beyond candy with boots, the M&M fiasco of 2022. It goes beyond Mr. Potato Head. It's even it's even worse. It's Kyra Knights. I'm Spike O'Neill with Matt Butler. We'll be right back.